Welcome to the Birth Warrior Podcast. In each episode, we feature the stories of birth warriors, women who have persevered to find their own truth in pregnancy and birth. As you hear these women share their stories of love, autonomy, connection, and power, it is our deepest wish that you will be inspired, empowered, and supported to find your own truth. We are honored these women have stepped forward to share their personal stories and to help us remember that we all have the power to choose what is right for us. The Birth Warrior Podcast is a presentation of the Indie Birth Association and is not intended to be medical advice. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Birth Warrior Podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Graham. And on today's episode, we have patience. Patience is a holistic doula and childbirth educator living in Kentucky with her fiancé and their first home birth baby, who will be two years old in March. The biggest message Patience wishes to share with every woman is to trust your body and baby, and you do not need to birth in a hospital or with anyone you are not comfortable with to quote-unquote prove you can give birth naturally. Birth is not always painful, even for first-time moms. What a message. And I hope you all enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, patients. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, it's so good to be here. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for coming. I am so grateful to have you here today. Um, So yeah, wherever you would like to begin, please begin. Um, So... A little bit about me just because I think it makes a little difference. Um, I've been a doula since 2015, but I was pretty young. So I just got started really full time about a year ago after my son was a little bit bigger. And it was a really amazing experience to be able to go deep into the work after I had given birth myself because it obviously brought me another perspective that you cannot get from learning or listening or watching birth, just giving birth yourself is another facet that is, um, there. So Mm -hmm. my son was born in March of 2020. So just as soon as all the craziness began, um, but it was just at the end where I had not had any worries or anything like that, no stress. I was finishing nursing school and I had a really great home birth midwife that I met with all the time. So it really felt like exactly what I had envisioned and expected and wanted out of my first pregnancy. Um, It was uneventful and I really wasn't even uncomfortable. So I, sometimes I feel bad saying that, knowing that pregnancy can be really (laughs) bad, but I was super thankful. Um, And then we got towards the end and me and my midwife kind of talked about how things started to get weird outside and things like that, but nothing thankfully changed any of our plans. And just about two weeks after I graduated and that started, I started to have signs that my son was going to be making his way earthside. Um, That was on a Monday morning and another day because I was keeping track very closely of my milestones, trying to soak everything in and get pictures and stuff. 
So I woke up on Monday and I had what I would describe as period cramps, nothing more than that. And I've had ones that are more painful than that for sure. Um, I went to the bathroom and was just kind of checking things out because I hadn't had anything like this my entire pregnancy. I didn't have any cramping or spotting, nothing at all, except like Braxton Hicks that I noticed. Um, so I knew that this was definitely a sign that something was happening. And I had this tiniest bit of bloody show. And if I wouldn't have looked with a flashlight in the dark, I wouldn't have noticed. That's how um, subtle some of these signs are that our babies are coming. And I'm very overly aware of my body. So I think these can be easily missed sometimes. So I'm always telling my friends and my clients and stuff that it can be very tiny changes that you can notice and like look within your body and like outside and just get in tune to know that you might want to retreat and rest because even though I tell, excuse me, tell people this, I didn't listen and I didn't rest extra. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of went about my business. It didn't feel like I was in labor and I went back to sleep and got up like usual and went about my day. Um, and I had a few contractions that stopped me in my tracks. And like one, I remember very vividly that it was the first one that I think I really was like, that is what a contraction feels like because I had to stop and lean over my washer. Um, and this was just midday on that Monday, like I said, um, and that really got my attention. But for some reason, I don't recall even thinking like, wow, I'm in labor or my baby's on the way or anything like that. It was just like, oh, that was a big contraction. So that's how I am a lot, though, just not looking, reading into things too much. And I think that makes a difference in my birth story that I am like that, just going in the flow, trying to and just dealing in the moment, especially with physical things, because that caused me just to really not want to know or anything until I had to, until I had to experience it. Um, and then we got a few things ready for the baby and kind of just played outside. It was still really warm, even though it was at the end of, or it was just getting really warm. It was the end of March. So we got some sunshine and that was like one of the best days I remember during my pregnancy. It felt super blissful just there couldn't have been anything better even though we weren't doing anything special um and I went to bed that night late which was a mistake that was my biggest thing I should have been resting all that Monday and stuff like that but I'm just going about my business and I went to bed probably at 11 or maybe even midnight and it couldn't have been longer than two or three hours, maybe four would be stretching it. And I woke up and I was in active labor. Um, suddenly oh, wow. and it was just happening. Um, strong contractions that as far as I remember, the very first one picked me up out of bed onto my hands and knees. Um, and everyone after that did the same thing. There was no, it never stopped. It just kept picking up. So I was vocalizing through that some, just really low, nothing loud. I don't even think I woke up my fiance. He seems to think that he didn't know what was happening, but he's a really heavy sleeper too. So I did mm -hmm. that for hours by myself. And I think I only went into the shower and the bathroom like once, but I was really sleeping 
between these strong contractions, just laying my head down. And that's all I could focus on, which was great because I wasn't worried about the contractions. I was only worried about laying my head down and getting back on the pillow after the contraction was over. And I think Mm -hmm. that I was truly resting and that it made all the difference for the rest that I had missed the day before. So just getting up on my hands and knees between those really strong and soon it was like five, maybe five 30 in the morning. Um, and I woke up my fiance and told him that it was time to get ready and call the midwives that the baby was coming and he got out of bed and turned on all the lights, which looking back, I think I would have told him to keep them off the lights because I didn't like it. And I didn't even notice in the moment that I didn't like it. Um, I should have just kept trying to do my own thing. And it was kind of like, I was under a spotlight, I guess. Um, So he got the bed ready with our shower curtain, all the birth kit supplies. I was, some of them, I was like, I don't know what in the world they could need this for, but the fishnet, that was the biggest one. When I found out what the fishnet was for, (laughs) I was like, oh, okay, that makes perfect sense. (laughs) Um, And then I was just laboring, really. It was so... I don't know. It was easier than I had ever expected. And I felt, I guess I felt like I would have had to do more or somebody would have had to do more or helped me more, but it wasn't. It was just that I needed to make sure I was in the right position when the contractions came and like vocalize and just relax. And then when I needed some support, I asked for it and I got it. So it was just like, I made sure that everything was set up in the right way. And I was so thankful when the time came because I didn't even need most of the tools that I had. Um, once my fiance got up, I think attractions really started to get stronger and pick up, but I wasn't tracking them or anything like that anymore after things had picked up a long time through the night. Um, just because I felt like that was distracting and taking away my focus. And I just completely forgot, I think, um, as they got stronger and more intense, closer together, just leaning over my bed. And we got a king size bed so that we would be able to bed share with the baby, make sure of that. Mm-hmm. So and I wanted to make sure I could birth in the bed if I wanted to. I really was dead set on a water birth, but I know some women had said that they hated the water, that they love water and they're always in the bath and they hated it when they got in labor. So I'm just mm-hmm. making sure I covered all my bases. Um, Mm-hmm. And he was amazing throughout this, staying calm and just felt like he knew what to do too. I made him watch a bunch your, of birth videos with your me. partner. Yes, my fiance. So, yes. um, yeah, made him watch a bunch of birth videos and pictures. And he heard me talk about birth the whole time I was pregnant. So he was definitely prepared, but we didn't practice much or things like that. And I don't, I feel like we didn't talk too much about like what he would do to comfort me when I was in labor. I think we just assumed that we would flow and like dance together like we do. And we did. And that's just how our relationship has felt since the very first day we met. So it's been pretty crazy to experience all of those things with him. And then especially birth, it always makes me want to go through it again, but I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I got a lot of time. Um, and 
the, he mainly just pushed a heating pad to counter pressure on my lower back while I leaned over my bed. And I think that was just a couple hours. You know, I, you lose track of time. There was no sense of time or waiting. And I was never focused on what was going to come next or like, how long is this going to be? Or when is the baby going to come or anything like that? And I think that is the key to like an unhindered birth is that you have to be able to get into that state of mind. You can't be so hyper-focused on the wins and the what ifs and the how you just have to flow Mm -hmm. and feel. And I was really glad that I felt like I was able to do that. Um, And then my Mm -hmm. midwives arrived about an hour, maybe an hour and a half after we got up together and um, I let them check me because I wanted them to know for whatever reason. I don't know why. I just wanted them to know just in case. I don't know what I was thinking. Honestly, I have no reasons. I was just like, I want them to know for sure. Maybe so they could tell me later, probably. I didn't want to know right then, but I heard them whisper it to somebody anyways. So (laughs) I just didn't want to get discouraged (laughs) if it was Mm -hmm. like I was only two or three centimeters. And then later it was a long time, you know, but they Mm -hmm. said I was like, five or six centimeters when they got there uh, is what I remember. And then I asked later and they said, yeah. So they checked out the baby and listened to his heartbeat and stuff. And he was doing great and tolerating everything really well. Um, Now I'm getting hard to remember. This is when it got intense, I'm assuming. And Mm -hmm. I was like, (laughs) I need to get in this pool really bad and they're trying to fill it up and we run out of hot water because I knew that was going to happen already because it already happened to me when I would try to take a bath (laughs) and I'm just like you guys gotta hurry and they're trying their best of course and I told my fiance and I was like I'm getting in this pool and they better hurry right now um I don't know what to tell you forget what I said exactly but I was like I'm getting in now like you guys better get it done um because I need to get in the pool and as soon as I got in there, I knew why I needed it so bad. It was instant relief from the heaviness and the pressure that I felt. I just felt like, I just kept telling them I felt like a big fat whale. Like I couldn't get my legs underneath of me, I guess the contractions, you know, kind of going down your thighs. I just, mm-hmm. when I was still in my room laboring, I was trying to get pillows underneath of me, anything to just get me comfortable and it wasn't working. And I don't like that. Mm-hmm. So I was just kept moving around and stuff. And that's what labor wants you to do. So you can move your baby Mm -hmm. down and around. So it all makes Mm -hmm. sense. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I finally got to get in the pool and it was amazing and so warm. And I think I probably had a few contractions in there, but the most that I remember is that I could finally rest again and like fall asleep is what it felt like was going to happen. So, um, I fell asleep in my fiance's arms and I don't know how long this was. They said not long that I was even in the pool, maybe like 45 minutes to an hour max. Um, it felt like oh, ages that I had fell asleep, you know, it felt like hours when I woke up because I felt fully rested and I couldn't believe it. The contractions completely stopped during this time. Um, nothing mm-hmm. at all, not even little ones, you know, it was just, silence um and I really needed that to get through to the next stage I think because my body probably knew how intense it was going to be and 
my birth pictures are my favorite thing in the world. Of course, I was so glad that I had a photographer and she ended up being one of my great friends to this day. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was only her second birth, but the first birth, she actually missed the birth. So that was like a newborn photo shoot for her basically. And then my birth Mm -hmm. is the first one she made it to. Um, And she did amazing. I was so thrilled. And there's pictures of me sleeping in my fiance's arms and he's just holding me up and I'm kind of just floating in the water. And it's surreal to think that labor can be like that. And I always am a big advocate to tell people that once you're 10 centimeters does not mean it's time to push. And you don't know that if you're not checking mm-hmm. when you don't need to, because I'd have no idea when I became 10 centimeters, I'm assuming before I fell asleep, um, just based on kind of how I've gathered things at birth and what I went by. Um, because we need that extra energy. If you start pushing when the baby's not even, you know, engaged all the way in things, you just exhaust yourself more. So I was so glad that my midwives were hands off and Mm -hmm. not just hands off, but they're like voice off too. They're not shouting commands or even coaching me, you know, like they didn't Mm -hmm. even mention, like, do you think you need to push? Nothing like that. They just watch and wait. Um, and that is what a midwife is. They're a, a watch keeper just to see. And one of the local midwives that I really loved shared a long post, just kind of talking about that. And she is a CPM, um, just about how a midwife's job is to know what normal and healthy looks like and just to be able to see and alert when things veer from that. So there's no reason to intervene with a normal physiological birth when the mom and the baby are healthy, you know? Absolutely. And I just want to interject really quick too. It's quite common. um, Once you, once you hit 10 centimeters and before transition, there's this like little place, um, Wapio um, of the Matrona. Um, She's a midwife from North Carolina. She calls it the quietude where it's just this little like resting period before. Cause like once you get to, and she explains that in these, in this way of like holistic birth stages of like essentially climbing a mountain. And once you get to the top of the mountain, you don't want to just head down the mountain right away. Mm -hmm. You want to rest. You want to just chill, you know? Yeah. yeah, Enjoy the view. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I think like that time was probably one of the only moments that I had to like, really say like, wow, I, yeah, my baby is coming today, like now. Um, and I never really truly thought and like felt into that. And that's one thing that I plan to do differently with my next birth. I want to just be present physically more if I can, I know it might not, but it's just kind of something I want to try to be mindful of like, yes, my baby is coming like down and out and Mm -hmm. just kind of like try to feel more. It was all very quick. It felt like, but I may have needed that, you know, I may not have been able to handle something more than that. So I just think that it was what I needed and my baby needed. Um, and it was perfect. Um, absolutely. So once I woke up, I got kind of on my knees on the birth pool and leaning over a little bit, um, still feeling heavy, but a lot better than I did outside for sure. And 
I had a few contractions and they felt really different. They were very grunty and just like my body bearing down. Uh, but I didn't know that I was pushing or anything like that. It didn't feel like the baby was coming. No pressure, which I was shocked. And I wonder like if it was just so quick that my brain didn't have time to catch up to these things, you know, whereas if it might've been slower, I may have. And this is one of the only times I recall to um, like calling out or even really seeking out my midwife. Um, like they would check on me and check on the baby, you know, and like they checked me when they arrived. But other than that, I didn't really seek them out. It was only my fiance that I was like laboring with. And I feel like dancing with is a word that I end up wanting to use. So that's a good one too. Um, so it was just us and they were there, but it was our space. And that's really what I wanted. Um, and during this, it felt really intense. And I think I started to feel some pressure and it was just, and I said, Megan, that was my midwife's name. And then she was like, everything's okay. Um, just what do you feel or whatever she said? I don't even remember. Her voice is very soothing and small. And I like that about her. She's so quiet, kind of toned. And I was like, it hurts. And she just told me to breathe. And I was like, I can't breathe. And she said, just breathe in your mouth. You'll get a bigger breath. And she's just very like in the moment. And she only told me what I needed. She knew that I was the type that I was going to ask if I needed something or she would have been able to see if I wasn't able to, you know, that's how I was in our prenatal visits too. Um, very much a doula and like a childbirth educator. So I came knowing what I wanted from her and mm -hmm. that was nice, but she's really also where she can lead somebody that needs that guidance that is not experience that is brand new and they're just like I have no idea what I want but I know that it's not what I've been getting so I think being able to be both of those sides is a really great attribute of a midwife too to be able to feel what their clients need like if it's less or more and just waiting um so just her responses in those moments I really remembered and it made me laugh that I yelled her name because I didn't expect that at all. Um, I don't know why. I don't know. I feel like I don't call people by their name that much for whatever reason. So to call out by her for her by name was, it stuck out to me that I really trusted her, I think. Um, and then, oh, I think I might've, I might have to backtrack a little, sorry. Uh, yeah. Of course, there was no. one moment that I really it stuck in my brain. So I was hoping to get to feel my baby's head, but I felt too soon. So I felt like up high, kind of a little his water bag bulging. And I thought it might be his head. So but now I look back and it was not. It was definitely his bag. Uh, and I told my fiance and he was like, can I feel? And I was like, no, <laughs> for whatever reason, I was just like. <laughs> No, I, I couldn't even think why he would think he would be allowed. I don't know. Just, I was like, something's coming out. Nothing's going in. <laughs> and it just, I guess it, it sounded in my brain like it would hurt, but it wouldn't have. And it was just a funny moment because um, he probably expected me to say yes, knowing that I'm very open like that normally. Mm -hmm. um, so 
that made me laugh too. And then the baby, my son actually was born, not in call, but like almost because his waters broke as he was coming out. Um, and that was really neat. And I think that sometimes our bodies might even know these things. I have very high faith and trust in our bodies and intuition and like God's design and things like that. So I think there's even probably protective measures and mechanisms in birth that we might not even know about or see yet. So he had his cord wrapped around kind of, and he had a nuchal arm up on his head when he came out. So I thought that maybe his water's not breaking could have made that a lot easier for me to deliver him up until the very end, because it gives you that cushion and the fluid and just more space to let baby move around. So that's kind of like a a positive note that I put in there, just something random that I thought maybe that could have been on purpose and not just a fluke, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But then towards the very end, after I called out for my midwife and stuff and all this has passed. I say it was two pushes. That's what I always say when I'm kind of telling my birth story, it was two very huge and long pushes and they were involuntary. So this was FER, the fetal ejection reflex is what I was waiting for. I wasn't going to push unless I felt like it. Uh, And this was super intense, but it was, I didn't even have time to feel it. Um, I was like moaning and growling very deeply. I always joke that I sounded like a cow because it was super loud. And that's what, that was another funny thing we talked about during my pregnancy. I was like, am I going to be really loud or quiet? I was like, I don't know, really. I have no idea. I would go back and forth. It was just, those were the only things that I think I could try to focus on about my birth because I didn't have many fears or anxieties Um, just because being knowledgeable and prepared takes away so many of those. Um, So I tried to focus on, or I ended up focusing on just the funny things, like if I would end up yelling or not. And I did, but I was mooing like a cow and, (laughs) (laughs) but that was roaring my baby out is what I like to call it. And it wasn't any pain though. And there was no ring of fire. And I assume that's because it was so quick, but also just because I listened to my body and I didn't try to force anything. And I don't think I pushed at all. I'm pretty sure that he was just flew out. Um, Mm -hmm. Because in my video, I had my grandma take a video last minute just because there was some people that wanted to be there that um, I didn't quite, wasn't comfortable with. So I kind of wanted mm-hmm. to let them experience that like that. And you could, um, you could see after like two really big pushes and you can hear and all the sounds of birth are one of the things that I think might be shocking at your very first natural birth Mm -hmm. but as you get used to it it's kind of funny how much it does not phase you at all Um, Mm -hmm. so screaming and growling and yelling and moaning is all it all sounds right to me now I'm just like yep she's doing that um and his head came out and it was out for just a second and then the rest of his body 
flew out with him and my fiance was in the pool with me still at this stage and he caught him right away so he didn't fly into he was kind of out of the water and in the water a little bit and he caught him he did really good and I was worried that we were really adamant that he was going to catch him um, and be the first one to touch him you know but I was Mm -hmm. worried that he would like not catch him maybe or not look like he was doing a good enough job and the midwives would catch him instead or that he would drop him back into the water I think that's Mm -hmm. just that was my anxieties creeping in but he did great and one of the moments that I really loved the most the student midwife that was there as the assistant helped me to turn my leg around and get back turned around so I could grab my baby um and I cried one day when I watched my video because and I've told her already like two maybe three times how much that meant to me even though she just did what she knew she was supposed to she didn't even think about it um because looking back if nobody would have helped me or if I was in a place where people may not have been supportive you know I might have been I might have had time to realize that I wasn't getting to grab my baby and then been upset or scared or sad. And she prevented that just by following her own instincts and helping me. And I really loved that because, you know, he came out behind me between my legs into my fiance's arms. And I looked back Mm -hmm. and I was like, I didn't think about that. I would have had no idea how to get back turned around because his cord was short. She helped me pick my leg up over the cord and he put him on my chest. And one of the biggest things that my fiance remembers about our birth is that um, our son was looking like he was crying. He had his mouth open and he was like stiff and flailing, but he wasn't making any sound. So that was pretty surprising to him. He thought that was odd, but he knew that we went over that. That's okay. Like baby might not cry right away or breathe right away. And that's not um, a big deal. But as soon as he touched me, he let out a huge scream and he said that he was just waiting to make sure that I was there before he made any sounds because then he would know it was safe. And now that he's Mm -hmm. almost two, he'll be two this March. We know that was true because he will be quiet and stuff like he's so in tune. He would be quiet if it was a scary situation or something or like to make sure things are okay. And that's exactly the type of child he is. So it's crazy Mm -hmm. just to look back all the way to birth and see like, yeah, it sounds like he really waited until he touched his mom to make any sound. And it was just, it's surreal because from the day that you get pregnant, it's always the same baby. And then they grow up and have their own baby one day. Um, And being a first time mom, one of the things that I just kind of felt like I not missed out on, um, but that I just didn't, I wasn't mindful enough of is that it's like a person with, and they have a personality even in your belly um, and they can hear you and talk and things like that. Like I was very focused on being pregnant and I was busy with school and stuff, but I wish I kind of would have just looked forward to like more what is my baby going to be like, like from the very first day and then, you know, a week and a month, like who is he going to be like? And 
focus on those changes and things like that. Um, and I'm going to take it a lot slower next time. I hope from birth to postpartum and the whole first year and to, you know, everything just because I'm very much the type to look forward to things, but I'm also unfortunately the type to like almost even rush them. So I've learned in motherhood that that's not a good trait to have. And you have to kind of make yourself slow down and soak it in because you're not going to enjoy every single moment, um, but you have to soak in every moment um, and remember it and things like that. So Mm -hmm. my birth taught me a lot more than I expected, less about birth and more about myself, which was really odd to have that realization like months later. And, but I was glad for it because I have so much perspective that I can offer other people now that I didn't before and -hmm. some tips about birth, like to go to bed when your baby is giving you signs that they're going to come soon and things like that and having a trusted birth team having people there only people there in your space that are not harmful or unsupportive or anything like that I think that that can ruin a birth space and experience more than anything else so just vetting the people that you allow into your space is big and I definitely did that And I even, I'm still doing that because I think that I'm going to go a different route with midwifery with my next baby, you know, Um, maybe like an indie birth route. So Mm -hmm. um, there's always learning. And that's what I love about this field more than anything, birth work, Mm because you learn every day and learning about yourself more than anything. And I just love that. Yeah. Mm, I couldn't agree more with that sentiment. I absolutely. And patience, thank you so much for this conversation. This was absolutely <laughs> lovely um, to meet you, to hear you, to witness you. Um, and thank you so much for allowing me to hold space for you today to share your story. I genuinely appreciate it so much. So, 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 so much. And is there any last parting words of wisdom that you would like to leave our listeners with today? Hmm. Um, I think I kind of sent this to you, but it's worth repeating. One of my mm-hmm. biggest things I always tell everybody is that you don't have to do anything with your first pregnancy or birth or baby just to make sure or like prove that you're able to, because there's nothing like that. There is no test. There is nothing to prove. Um, you can do it. And even if things don't go exactly as you wanted or planned, you're still going to do it no matter what. So there's nothing to prove you do what you want with who you want and only what you're comfortable with and go from there. Mm, beautiful, beautiful words to end on. Thank you so much, patience. So you. appreciate you so much. Yes. Thank so you. nice to meet you. You too. Thank you so much for listening. Storytelling is a profound agent of change, one that has the ability to plant seeds of inspiration, introspection, and beyond. 
If you have an empowering birth story that you would like to share on our podcast, please head over to IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior to send your submissions. That's IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior. Hope you have a beautiful week wherever you are in the world. Until next time, friends.